to the Yahoo NFL show. I'm Eric Lindquist. I'm excited to be talking here. I'm hosting. I'm usually in the analyst chair. Makes it a little bit more fun. Get to mix it up here a little bit. And why it's so fun is I get to hang out with my boy, my guy, Terry McBride at Digital B21 on the Twitter sphere. Check him out. We're going to be talking a little NFL. We talk a lot of NBA. We talk uh, a ton of MLB together, but yeah. NFL streets. This is probably the first time you and me have gone together. How you doing, my dude? pretty good but it's definitely yeah good to be on a show with you and uh whatever we're talking about it's always a good time and uh yeah i was trolling in the chat earlier this week in nba so i'm glad to get on and uh, actually be on the show with you and hang out and uh, have some fun here and I, I think we got a really weird interesting kind of a slate to break down here so uh it looks pretty good yeah we do we have a ton of news that came out here today confirmed some things that we already assumed but that is kind of the way that NFL works here on a Friday. We are two days away from that slate beginning, uh, approximately 46 hours, if I had to guess, uh, until we get to lock. I think we've got a lot of news that's still to come. We'll talk about some hypotheticals there. But so far, a number of things that got confirmed, and that makes this slate very, very exciting. Everybody, as you get in here, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, hit that notification bell. So you know when this and all the other content here at Awesome is going live, we have so much NFL content for the weekend on tap. So be ready for it. A four and a half hour live before lock that we're doing now on Sundays. Check out all of that. We've got showdown content constantly. It won't get any better than that, but we are talking Yahoo today. And that is one of the best sites. No, it is the best site that you can possibly play if you're a DFS player. And you know why? Not only do you get the best contests bar none, whether it's the $1 they had for Thanksgiving or the $20 overlay that they have going all the time with 200k overlay for Sundays. That's a negative 25% management fee. But right now, if you sign up, you get one free month of Awesome Plus Platinum completely free as a new user. Go to Yahoo, sign up and create an account, get $10, uh, put $10 into an account, play in any paid contest, and you will get one free month of Awesome Plus Platinum. Check out that contest there immediately, that $20 that I just referred to, because again, it is going to be the most profitable thing that you can do for your bankroll this week. Money being put into your pocket to go play. It's such a great incentive. And again, they're just putting the players first. That's what makes Yahoo different. That's what makes them special. And thank you so much to them, not just for their sponsorship of this show, where we're talking about just them, but so many other shows on the Awesomeo Network. Let's get to it, Terry. Quarterback position. I think that this slate uh, sets up pretty openly on the top end. I'm, I'm looking at some of our, our reruns of ownership that we got here in recent times, but uh, I know on the top end, we're looking at some, some really studly quarterbacks here in Tom Brady, Lamar Jackson. We know the kind of rushing upside he can have. Matthew Stafford in a huge passing offense, of course. Cooper Cup going to be a big part of the slate, but on the top of the quarterback board, who's catching your eye? Yeah, so I mean, it's pretty tough to ignore the Rams at the top of the board. And typically, I like to make the, the quarterback decisions a lot based on just our top stacks tool, right? That informs a lot of where the offense is going to come from on the slate, who the best quarterback players are going to be, and then where you're looking for some of the skill players. And then I just mix and match a lot of the skill players within those stacks with some runbacks and things like that. Um, you typically don't see a team with nearly a 27% probability of being the top stack. And that's what we're getting for, uh, for the Rams in this matchup against Jacksonville. That's bananas, especially when you consider that Stafford's only projected for under 10% ownership. That leaves them with a monster leverage score. It's the biggest leverage score I remember seeing on any of the sites for NFL this season. And it carries over across the industry. Uh, that's just a 
dynamite, dynamite spot, according to what all of our tools are telling us. It's a spot that, yeah, a lot of people are going to be on with a 9.4 on uh, on Stafford. You have to expect Cooper Cup. We've got him projected for 15% on the Yahoo slate. You've got to expect he's going to be pushing that probably a little bit more. But just that combination alone is pretty killer. Cooper Cup hasn't been below 15 uh, Yahoo points since before uh, since week five. So, I mean, there's just dynamite upside in the Stafford Cup combination. So I'm going to go there pretty, pretty frequently uh, across the entire industry and definitely on Yahoo. I think the prices are definitely workable this week with all the running back value. That said, I absolutely want to be a part of the Tom Brady discussion here against uh, Atlanta, getting another monster top stack percentage for them and positive leverage. And that's kind of how I'm working down the list here. The Minnesota side of things I think is interesting. You're getting all that running back value with Madison, but their passing game is somewhat viable. I don't mind getting the shares of Kirk Cousins. He's not my favorite quarterback on the board, but I think the, the receivers alone kind of lift that stack percentage. And when you see the stack going off with Cousins at only 2.6% ownership at the, and the third spot of being the uh, uh, the most uh, high-scoring stack, that's just a targetable spot just DFS-wise. I'll leave my bias against the quarterback in terms of uh, you know football acumen out of the conversation. And then from there, there's some negatively leveraged spots near the top that we can we can talk through. Those are the three that, uh, you know, seeing those three at the top of the board, all at significant positive leverage on Yahoo is just exciting for this slate. So that's kind of what I'm targeting just, you know, off the top. It's it's not creative. It's probably not the original answer that maybe people were looking for. Like maybe, you know, somebody out there is going to throw uh, Derek Carr into the mix or somebody like that. For me, I'm just targeting those three top spots with a lot of lineups. I love that. Uh, that was a lot all at once. Terry McBride, take a drink of water. Take a take a take a load off Annie. I tell you what, that was that was beautiful. But I'm looking over at the quarterback position. Where do you think Kirk Cousins ranks on PFF this season? Uh, oh, that's an interesting one. Uh, let's see if I can even find him. Just on guess. The just guess. I want to guess. Uh, dead middle of the league. Second. Second. Kirk Cousins is PFF's second graded quarterback this season. Really? That is a fact. That is, it goes Tom Brady, number one, Kirk Cousins, two, Joe Burrow, three, Justin Herbert, four, Kyler Murray, who hasn't shown up since week eight. So I'm taking him out of the pool. Matt Jones sitting there, sixth, Dak Prescott, Aaron Rodgers, Josh Allen, Ryan Tannehill. So Kirk Cousins has been exceptional. And, you know, as a Viking fan, obviously it hasn't, changed in or hasn't transitioned into a bunch of wins because one, they take the ball out of the, they take the air out of the football way too often in yeah. scripts where they're ahead uh, as of, as of like, man, you just want to throw things. But then the second part of that equation is that you've got a terrible defense and Detroit. I do even think with Jamal Williams because of how cheap he is and Alexander Alexander Madison, who I know got try, uh, tried to get priced up in a number of different spots. He's $18 on Yahoo. I still think, because I think he's a little bit better pass catcher alongside Kirk Cousins uh, than what Dalvin Cook would be. I'm okay putting them together in lineups. So I think this entire Detroit-Minnesota game, I really like what you're talking about. If you're talking about uh, a team that's in the top stacks tool, 4.2% leverage you're still getting on Yahoo with them. Tampa Bay, Rams, no problem getting up there. And of course, the Rams, a huge talking point in this slate. Excited to talk about them at wide receiver because might have some different ways of building those lineups. But uh, you talked about some of these negatively leveraged teams. And right now, the Colts, 15.7% of negative leverage there going up against Houston. I can't imagine that you're going to see a crazy amount of rostership going towards, uh, that you're going to see a crazy amount of rostership going towards Carson Wentz here. But I suppose people just want to be targeting Houston pretty much every single time. So uh, maybe I'm wrong about that. 
Uh, what do you kind of think about some of those popular spots that are just getting some negative leverage? Anybody you're still willing to roll with if you can build that stack uniquely? Yeah, if, I, if I'm going to do it, it's going to be with the teams that are more positively ranked or up toward the top of the board in terms of their probability of being the top stack. So if that's the case, I'm looking at the Chargers there in the, against uh, Cincinnati. They're getting a lot of ownership, but still a 6.2% probability of being the top stack. A lot of offensive weapons on that team. For Indy, I just don't like the passing volume. Our game script adjusted passing is uh, has them as one of the lowest 54.4% uh, volume on the passing side, 456 on the ground. And I just see a better, a better opportunity for Taylor going up against uh, that Houston defense than I do for the passing game. It, maybe it's a spot that burns me and Carson Wentz comes out and has a dominant performance, seven yards per, uh, per passing attempt so far on the season, 21 TDs. It's not like he's been bad. He's got weapons in, in uh, Pittman on the field at least, and Taylor can certainly catch a few balls out of the air and do a little bit with that. But I just think with all the upside we've seen out of Taylor, with the projection that we've got on him, that's the side of the game I'd rather be on, I think, if I'm going to Indy. So for me, Indy's one that I can easily scratch off when you're seeing 18.4% projected, projected ownership. I understand Carson Wentz at $23 is a value play on the site, and that's what's lifting his ownership here a little bit. But for me, it just gets uncomfortable when we're seeing that kind of a, a low passing volume. And some of the, by comparison, some of the targetable spots on the board have a passing volume I'm expected 10%, 10 percentage points higher than that. So, I mean, it's just a spot where I would rather get to the ground game. I'll have some, but I'm definitely going to undercut that 18% on the field. Yeah, I think I'm going to have Carson Wentz and I'm going to have uh, Jonathan Taylor in cash over there. I think it's pretty and easy to fun. do. Okay. Cash, it's going to be a simple build. I mean, I'm going to be playing Jamal Williams, Alexander Madison, Jonathan Taylor. I don't really see a way around it. Leonard Fournette, I suppose, at $25, he comes into the conversation. We'll get to that next. But in the context of it, generally, on a site like FanDuel, site like Yahoo, you're you're kind of looking to get to the top end of quarterback just because it's not too hard to reach up there. So you can get up to the the, the Lamar Jackson rushing floor. You can get up to some Justin Herbert, who's garnering quite a bit of attention there as well. Jalen Hurts, um, I, I think, against the Jets as well. The rushing floor is just crazy. But when you get such a misprice, like $23, it's hard to say I don't want to go to Carson Wentz there in cash. But, man, in tournaments – I just see so much negative leverage there. We know Jonathan Taylor is the priority for that offense. He really kind of makes everything go. And against Houston, I think they're definitely going to let him just go. So I'm, I'm probably with you as well, where uh, that's going to be a little bit lighter. Sure, if you need the savings for, for cash and doing things differently there, that's what I'm going to be kind of focusing on. But in tournaments, I will go elsewhere. And one of those places that I will be going elsewhere is this Chargers-Cincinnati game. I'm obsessed with this on this entire slate. Uh, the Chargers defense... Uh, not good. Hashtag terrible. So Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow here in this spot. I know Joe Mixon will be another guy to sprinkle in in tournaments. I'm probably going to have that as well. Austin Eckler, for sure. Fire him up too. But these passing attacks are so rich with wide receiver options. Uh, some Mike, Mike Williams, some Keenan Allen there for Justin Herbert. You've got such easy options there as well with the wide receiving core. T Higgins starting to emerge of late. Tyler Boyd. And of course, Jamar Chase has upside. What are you maybe looking at doing with that game or any other game that's catching your eye? Yeah, I like that game a lot for some passing upside. Uh, you're talking about the defenses, the Chargers defense, 4.7 yards per pass attempt uh, on the season so far this year. Uh, the uh, Cincinnati side looks like they're coming in. Uh, they were right around the same mark, 4.2. So a little bit below, a little bit above average on the uh, Cincinnati side. But Herbert, you mentioned 
all the passing, all the weapons in that offense. It's just a stackable team. One of the higher game totals at 50 points and one of the tighter point spreads at just a three point spread uh, in Cincinnati's favor. So that's a game that I think we can target on all sides. You can stack up multiple options from each passing game. So you can go quarterback with two skill players and a run back from the other side. You can do a thinner stack with a quarterback, one skill player, one run back from the other side. Uh, they were talking about it on the, uh, on the contrary show earlier. You could even go with a uh, quarterback plus one plus two coming back the other way from this game. There's just a bunch of dynamic weapons here. Uh, and I certainly wouldn't leave uh, leave Joe Mixon out of the mix on the ground in the Cincinnati attack either. We saw big, big upside from him. Frustrating week for me last week. Three of the guys that I go to very frequently had monster games. Ugh. And I just, just wasn't there in the right combinations and didn't play a ton of lineups last week, uh, just with everything going on with the holiday. And uh, one of those weeks where mm -hmm. if I had 150, man, I should have cashed heavy. But uh, frustrating. But we'll move on. Joe Mixon was one of those guys. That's why I mentioned Oh, I got lit up on Sunday. It was it was horrendous in the NFL streets. And then, you know, had a good NBA day, which salvaged the go. entire weekend. But nice. looking at uh, NFL here for for Sunday on Yahoo, I, I just like this Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert combination. I'm going to have a lot of those, too. I think Justin Herbert there at 11.9 percent and Joe Burrow at 8 percent, a little bit low and just in a, a game environment that I think really stands out on the offensive side for both teams. So firing up that as much as possible. Any really low-end option, of course, we're starting to split hairs here. Russell Wilson has not been the same dude here this season, but he's sub-2%. That just kind of stands out to me, considering you know that Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf can be so effective uh, in this passing game from time to time, uh, as long as Russell Wilson's right, which might not be, but at sub-2%, I'm willing to find out, I suppose. Uh, Taylor Heineken, we know the kind of rushing floor that exists for him there, 3.2%. I kind of like them as darts. Any low-owned darts that you're kind of looking at as well? So I ran some crunches before we started uh, on the show here, and most of the guys that came up toward the top of the crunching QB ownership were the guys that you would expect. Most of the guys we've talked about, the one oddball um, who has been an oddball for me all season, to my detriment, was Matt Ryan. He's okay. come up in quite a few of these. Uh, $24. I don't like it, but nobody's going to be there. We've got him projected for 0.3 ownership. It's a 50-game total. They're projected, they've got an 11-point spread in that game in Tampa Bay's favor. So they're going to have to throw the ball if they want to stay in the game. Our game script adjusted has that as the highest passing volume of the week at 66% favor of the passing game. Ryan's going to be throwing the ball. It hasn't really worked out, like I said, in uh, in recent weeks for me when I've been going to this offense, but I think I'm going to end up getting there a little bit uh, once again. On the season, 6.9 yards per pass attempt, 16 touchdowns, 67.5% completion percentage. Like I said, it hasn't been great, but he's got the dynamic tight end. He's got a good weapon in Corderell Patterson. There are spots to go there for that stack. So if nobody's going to be on it, I'm happy to take some shares at $24. Well, happy is the wrong word, but I will be taking <laughs> some shares at $24. Um, Lamar Jackson. Jackson, we talked about off the top. He is a guy uh, with his projections. I'm always going to have shares of him, um, regardless of you know kind of what the performance has been. And the guys talked about that on the uh, on one of the shows this week. Uh, it might have been Matt and Lafayette. I watched a couple of them uh, just in the last two days, so I get I'm getting mixed up. But uh, mm -hmm. they talked about just his general upside for overall scoring. Maybe he hasn't been the massive Lamar Jackson games that we expect, but the overall scoring has still been there between what he can do on the ground and what he can do through the air on the season. 15 uh, 15 touch down through the air, only two on the ground, but still averaging 5.7 yards per rushing attempt for Jackson. So I'll take plenty of shares of him uh, from, you know, the higher end at the 38, uh, $38 and 8.7% ownership. 
And then, yeah, it would be mix and matching. Like, I wouldn't mind taking some uh, shares of Tua for 26 bucks at uh, no ownership against my Giants. the guy for me to round yeah. it out. He's the last guy kind of that I wanted to bring up simply because he's been quietly very, very good. Miami's on a three-game yep. winning streak. And, of course, there were some trade rumors that were circulating around him uh, regarding Deshaun Watson. That feels like a, a thing of the past here, considering Deshaun Watson, not a good boy. Tua Tagovailoa, uh, I think, is starting to come into his own. Back-to-back weeks of 80-plus percentage uh, completion percentage, that's a nice number to be looking at for him. Of course, having Jalen Waddle, a short dot target, a guy who does a lot after the catch, is definitely a plus for him in that category. But he's quietly played very well, and it hasn't necessarily showed up in the box score here from a fantasy perspective. But up against a Giants team, and, and, and this Giants secondary, even though Bradbury, it's just not a very good Giants secondary. I think you're aware that's your football team, correct? Yes, it is. Yep. Yay. <laughs> 1980. Oh, well, I should be able to read. That's a good idea. <laughs> Maybe pay attention to your co-host or, you know, something like that. But um, I really do like Tua Tugavailo going up against this Giants team. The one concern I do have is having Mike Glennon out there starting and not Daniel Jones. But Daniel Jones has been so bad this season. Maybe I shouldn't care very much. I think Tua is definitely going to be a reason that if they make it four games in a row, I think he plays really well here again. You just need a little bit more touchdown expectation to go his way, but no real uh, viable running game behind it either. Just a team that's winning in a very unique way. What do you think about him? Yeah, I, I like the spot a lot. I like the price on Yahoo. I love the fact that less than 2% of the field is going to be there. It's another spot where it's a 61.2% uh, projected uh, game script adjusted passing percentage. They're going to be throwing the ball. Giants for the season at 6.4 yards per passing attempt, but the secondary is a little bit depleted. So I would expect that he's going to have no problem carving them up. 7.3 yards per pass attempt on the season, 70.5% uh, completion percentage, 10 TDs on the year. Like you said, it hasn't necessarily exploded through the ceiling yet, but he's playing well. And if people aren't taking note, it's a spot I'll go to uh, again and again. I've gotten there the last couple of weeks and I expect to have some shares this week against uh, my lowly New York Giants. And uh, yeah, I, the difference between Mike Lennon and Daniel Jones, as far as what it's going to contribute to the uh, to the Dolphins needing to be in the game and, and throwing the ball, I think is probably pretty negligible the way Jones has been playing this year. I'd just been off the Danny Jones bandwagon. That's a disappointing fact. I mean, I, I just feel bad for him. I, it's He seems like a nice human being. But yeah, you know what's not <laughs> nice is my TV just does not want to have airplay, airplay work to get this Yahoo. I love having my Yahoo picture in the background. That's the point of having this thing. Apple, Samsung, get your you-know-what together. Just inconceivable. Inconceivable. Uh, yeah, but... The princess bride. I didn't expect to be quoting that here, but that's what happens when I don't see Kaufman and I, we generally, this is an amazing, amazing show that we get to do here for Yahoo. But part of it is we just kind of go down the nineties train uh, over and over. And Tyler just wants to be like, wow, you're going to get us banned at YouTube just because I'm singing. <laughs> I'm like, you know what? It's, I don't think my pitch is going to have it pop up for the pop culture sounds, but Terry McBride, people might not know. I believe you were a video store uh, connoisseur Indeed. once upon a time. Indeed, yeah. Back in the days of uh, the like very end of VHS transitioning into DVD, that was my time. That was my sweet spot working at the video store in the late '90s. So, yeah, any of those uh, any of those movie references you want to throw my way, absolutely. Uh, you know, surely you cannot pick the movie reference in front of you, but, but surely I cannot pick the movie reference in front of me. I love you so much. Video killed the radio star, but then Netflix <laughs> killed the video star. That might be the right way of looking at That's that. Right. I digress. Let's continue ourselves along here. Let's just do this one right off the bat. We're going to do 
talk awesome L plus package here because then we can just fly through all of this lovely yahoo content we've got 38 minutes to talk a bunch of running backs wide receiver tight end flex and top stacks along with some of the favorite plays to kind of round this out but Right now, Osmo NFL Express Weekly passes $3.95. That's the introductory price for that thing. That is so, so low. It includes NFL DFS player and ownership projections, our expert Slack chat. Uh, I believe that's Discord. That's what it should say here. Now at this point, showdown and single game contests, player projections for those, ownership projections for those. Check that out. It starts at $3.95, but then we still have the opportunity. I know using promo code Osmo, you can still get that 25% off. NFL Live is usually what the, the promo code is here. I'm not sure. Check out the Live Before Lock show. Make sure you can double check what that promo code is going to be, but I believe NFL Live will get you 25% off of it. Check it out. Stop guessing. Start winning. Join Osmo Plus today. All right, let's get to the running back position because uh, running back is perhaps the... Um, what's the right word? Oh, it's insane this week. Running back is out of its damn mind because we have Jamal Williams there at the top of the board and Alexander Madison, $16 and $18 respectively. Generally, you're spending $16 and $18 in that range. Let me just read off some names around there. Miles Gaskin, Jeff Wilson, Devonta Freeman, Alex Collins. That's generally what you're getting at the $16 and $18 range. But with no Dalvin Cook, no DeAndre Swift, these are the two most important plays to talk about for cash and for tournaments on this Yahoo slate. Terry, how much is too much of those two fellas? Man, that's an interesting question. I mean, I, the crunches that I was running earlier, I ran one with everybody. I set the quarterbacks down to 15% ownership cap so that I could distribute some of the stacks because I've got all the rules and everything baked in. And this one ran before the Jamal Williams update came through. It came through with Alexander Madison landing in 92% of the lineups. So then what I did was I ran another crunch where I capped some of the individual positions just with like a global cap. And I just set it out at like the, uh, the 40% range for the running backs and all of Madison, Jonathan Taylor, Jamal and Jamal Williams hit that 40% cap with Leonard Fournette coming in at 35.9%. You've got just such an obvious core of value at the running back position on Yahoo this week with Madison and Jamal Williams sitting at $18 and $16 respectfully. They're getting a ton of ownership. You're kind of walking hand in hand with the field, but it's kind of just a foundational play. Right. It's just going to get you so much at some of these other positions. You can mix and match one out and put somebody else in, but you're sacrificing some upside and you're sacrificing some opportunity at some other spots. So it's just kind of a play where you can walk hand in hand with the field on two of these running back spots. And then maybe in your util spot, you start flipping around from maybe it's Taylor in some, and then maybe you can work in a Joe Mixon. Maybe you can work in some Leonard Fournette, who is also very highly owned, but comes at a much lower price at $25 with three or four touchdown upside. I mean, it's, uh, it's bananas what you can get at the running back position this week. I don't know how many lineups I'm going to get without Alexander Madison, but I'm guessing next to none. Uh, $18 is the most advantageous tag for him. If you go around to FanDuel, he's north of 8,500. You go to DK, he's still too cheap there at 7,600. When we're talking about relative to the $200 budget, relative to the cap here, Alexander Madison at $18 is a markedly better play for me, even than Jamal Williams. Even though Jamal Williams, there's nothing else there. I just don't trust the offense nearly as much as when I'm going to trust Minnesota's offense to be serviceable here in this spot, even on the road going up against the Lions. I, I just see this being slaughter and having it uh, be an opportunity for Alexander Madison to see that 85% plus workload that we've seen whenever he's uh, replaced Dalvin Cook. It's basically a one for one there, plus 26 and 25 rushing attempts, both times that he came out and started 
without Dalvin Cook there in week three and week five. It's such a secure workload. Jamal Williams, I think they're going to still try to try to make some guys uh, come in and, and mix in there for touches. More of a pass catching back in traditional years back with the Packers. Of course, they trusted him more than Aaron Jones at times, but uh, I definitely prefer Madison between the two. Uh, do you have a preference between the two? I, like I said, I'll take shares of both. I mean, you're getting a $2 discount mm-hmm. on the uh, the Williams side of the ball. They're both coming up uh, 37 and 38% owned. So it's not like you're getting away from the field. The one thing that does stand out a little bit is that Minnesota defense, 4.8 yards per rushing attempt, one of the higher marks on the board. Um, so maybe there's a little bit of, a, of an opportunity there for Jamal Williams. And you mentioned the passing acumen, uh, and he's definitely involved. Saw five targets after coming into the game uh, the last time out. Averages 2.6 in his normal role. So you can definitely expect him to be involved in the passing game and be on the field for a decent amount but yeah maybe they rotate him out for some of the running related side of him some of the handoff related plays um i still think there's plenty of meat on the bone with a 17 point projection and a 16 dollar value though so that's Absolutely. definitely a play yeah it's just one and it's not a spot i don't love going to two running backs from the same game but just with this value, I just think it makes some sense on this uh, on this slate to just put these guys in and get different elsewhere and uh, and take upside elsewhere and Jonathan Taylor, I don't know really what needs to be said about him in the same way. I don't know what needs to be said about Cooper Cup. Jonathan Taylor's $41. He's very expensive, but if you can fit him, I don't know how you don't absolutely salivate over him in this spot. 30, uh, 31st in rushing defense is the Houston Texans this season, giving up 135.6 yards on the ground, 26.5 points allowed per game. That's second to last in the league as well, or second best for the Colts in this spot, should I say. Uh, Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. He's going to be somebody that I mix in and I prioritize a little bit more than, you know, the likes of Jamal Williams, who's going to be more popular. I'll, I'll find ways to get up and spend that money. Leonard Fournette. I don't know if I'm going to get around the 33% that we currently have him projected for, but I mean, is there anything you want to add to Jonathan Taylor? Just a markedly unbelievable play at the position. Yeah, absolutely. He's the guy, like I said, despite that massive salary, he was coming up just as frequently as Williams and Madison in that crunch where I capped everybody at 40. Uh, and that's definitely a play I want to be involved in. Looking just at the scoring throughout the season, he's had two weeks of the season. There were weeks two and three where he came in under 10 fantasy points. Other than that, he hasn't been below 14.6, which was week one. And outside of those first three weeks of the season, he's been above 17.7, which is what he delivered in the last game. Monster, monster performances. Uh, absolutely want to be a part of that. I think the price on Leonard Fournette is definitely too low at $25. Yes. That's why he's getting all that ownership. But it's another play where you can book some value there. I do think there are interesting pivots to that on the board, though, Like especially where we've got Saquon Barkley projected. Yeah. And now knowing that knowing that Glennon's going to be at quarterback and it's going to limit the passing game, some of the receivers are banged up. There's an idea of Saquon still having a ton of explosive upside and talent and everything, and uh, we haven't really, really seen it after injuries and all, but at 6% ownership for $20, I think I want to be in the Saquon Barkley business here. Yeah, coming off that Philadelphia win, here's the thing. Daniel Jones, nine rushing attempts, eight rushing attempts, eight rushing attempts, nine rushing attempts. Those are four different outings where he's appeared here this season, and that kind of rushing volume is going to turn into dump-offs for Zaquan Barkley, I would assume. Mike Glennon, not the most fleet of foot that I've ever seen on a football field. I think that that's the nicest way that I can possibly put that. Anywhere that you're going to go that is not Alexander Madison, Jamal Williams, Leonard Fournette, and Jonathan Taylor on this Yahoo slate is going to be contrarian. And in our value rankings, if you sort by value, Saquon Barkley, third highest on the Yahoo board here in Fantasy Cruncher, That has to be worth something. So at 6%, Saquon Barkley, I'm with you. 
He's a guy that I haven't always been on. I, I feel like I've been very fortunate because New Orleans was the week that I was absolutely all in on him. He went for 27.1, and then I've kind of been off here of, week, uh, of late, partially because he was out for six weeks. But still, Saquon Barkley, I'm right there with you, absolutely obsessed with him. Who else should we be looking to as pivots? We've got some other value pieces, you know, because uh, shout out to my uh, co-host for this. Normally, Adam Kaufman loves to go through the value plays. We've got Rex Burkhead sitting there. If you get David Johnson out, I'm kind of scared how much I might get of him at $10. I might have to cap that and just, you know, actually have a conversation with myself about life. David Montgomery, 5.4%. A number of guys that are popping in value. Anybody else catch your eye? Uh, Burkhead, Burkhead's a scary good call if that is the situation. I just kind of hope it isn't. I think I don't Same. really want to be in the Burkhead business kind of like you there. Um, you know, definitely more comfortable if I'm looking around the board for guys that are in the 20s. They're, you know, not quite that low, but I think a guy like Eli Mitchell certainly bears some uh, mention. He's under 10% on $27. Montgomery's definitely interesting in that uh, Arizona game. Um, 56% passing as, uh, upside, uh, so 43.9% in the game script adjusted rushing. And you see the defense giving up 4.7 yards per rush attempt. So there's definitely some opportunity there for him at $22. Uh, obviously, we know he's a capable rusher for the season. 4.2 yards per rushing attempt, 476 and 3 TD is a total. I think there's value at $22 there. I think there's probably some value in Daryl Henderson as well, $23. Mm-hmm. But he's getting 27% ownership. So I'm go- if I'm going to one of those two guys in the low 20s, I would probably go to David Montgomery with almost the exact same projection and what a fifth of the ownership. So I mm-hmm. think that play makes sense. Um, and then uh, Joe Mixon, just to throw him back into the mix, he's $34. This isn't a value play by any means, but I think 10% ownership. If you want to come down from Taylor, take a third of the ownership, take $7 off the salary and just book Joe Mixon into some of those shares and a little bit more than where the field's getting him. I think that probably makes sense here. So he was worth mentioning too. And Corderell Patterson, I think every single week, even up oh, against yeah. Tampa Bay, which is just an abysmal matchup on the ground. Cordero Patterson is so involved in the passing game. I mean, he's a transitioned wide receiver. He still plays a lot of wide out here in some spots. He sets out wide in a number of their setups that they have. So Cordero Patterson at 8%. We know the kind of upside that he has. He's just been good, frustratingly good. Shout out Minnesota. Way to screw that one up too. I love you guys. But uh, rest <laughs> of the position here, uh, I don't know. Gary Brywell looks like that is just a, a mistake here at the moment. So uh, do not play him. I didn't know he existed, that he was popping up in, in the roster ship. Otherwise, I would have brought that up. Last guy that I really want to touch on, because I want to get your thoughts on him, Antonio Gibson. We got, real, or we got news that J.D. McKissick is going to be out with the concussion here. $21. I'm not sure where he's going to fall in terms of the landscape. If he gets steamed up to the likes of Williams and Madison, I'm going to just side with Williams and Madison over him for sure. But if he's going to be sub 20%, even sub 25%, he, he basically has this entire backfield. He will have this entire backfield. Also from a receiving perspective, seven targets, seven receptions last week in that Seattle win, getting involved when you don't have McKissick out there. I think he's really good play at $21. Probably my favorite at the slate started now. What do you think about him? Yeah, if the slate was starting now and we knew that that was where the ownership would come in, it would definitely interest me a little bit. I just, it's a spot I expect the ownership to go up at that price uh, as as everybody talks the play up over the next two days. So I think we're going to see him more in that 25, 28 somewhere range rather than the 17 we've got him projected for right now. If he's at that 17 come, you know, 1230 on Sunday afternoon, absolutely. That's a, uh, that's a good spot. 49 and a half uh, game total in that game and only a one point spread. So one of the more competitive situations on the board 
And we've got them with a 45% game script adjusted rushing rate, which is one of the higher rushing opportunities on the board going up against a team that's allowing 4.4 per rushing attempt. So I like that spot. Um, it's just a matter of watching where that ownership lands. All right. Well, that's going to be the running back position for us here. Hopefully you got a couple of nice nuggets in there because it's a pretty clear cut position on the top end. Who's going to be the most rostered watch news, pay attention. Daryl Henderson is expected to give it a go here. Josh Jacobs, another guy he's been limited in practice, but I expect him to go as well. Not sure at $19 that that's going to be somebody that I really want to go for. Um, and then James Robinson, he's, he's going to be good to go here. Last piece there going up against the ramps that have given up some run, rushing work here, but uh, $24, pretty uh, strong overpay there as well. Watch the news, watch NFL Live Before Lock at four and a half hours. Going to keep you apprised of everything leading up to that 1 p.m. Eastern time start time. Let's jump over to the wide receiver position where I like to call it Cooper Cup and company because that's kind of the way that I look at some of these builds on the top end. It is scary how much Cooper Cup I'm anticipating getting at $38. And that's because he's projected for 20.74. The next guy on the board, Justin Jefferson, projected sub 15. You're looking at more than a five and a half point gap between Cooper Cup and Justin Jefferson. The guys received nine plus targets in every single outing this entire season. He's only had four games where he's failed to eclipse 21 points on Yahoo. How do we not obsess over Cooper Cup this week? I, th I think we do. And my analysis would be basically what he said. It's, he's just been dominant all season long. He hasn't been below 15 Yahoo points uh, since, what was it I said earlier? Week five, I think. Yeah, he's it's been a while. Been yeah, he's just been fantastic. So it's another spot where he was just coming up so frequently in that unencumbered crunch that I ran. And I'm trying to click back over to it. There's a thousand lineups in each of these, so it takes a second. Uh, but in the one where I capped it, uh, he ended up at 30% because that's where I capped it. So he bumped right into the cap. He was coming up in the unencumbered version 46.9% of the time, despite a pretty hefty price tag at $38, uh, outpacing the next nearest uh, wideout by, I think, six bucks. I think Justin Jefferson is the number two price guy. There's just such a margin in uh, in point production in everything that we want to go to here. Mm. I think 15% ownership is probably low if we're really arguing it on a uh, on just a points opportunity basis here. We're looking at a team playing at a uh, they're technically paced down, but it's still one of the higher pace marks on our game script adjusted pace board, uh, and it's a very uh, heavily pass oriented attack, 58.1% passing attack. So. I just like that spot. We talked about how strong that stack was looking. He's going to be the most owned guy in that stack. So if you want to make some stacks where you're pivoting away from him within the stack, I think that makes a ton of sense. Get to some Van Jefferson Jr. at only 6.9% for $14. I think that's got upside. Get to some of the tight end in that offense. I think it makes some sense to move around there. But if we're talking about our best pure wideout play and not really worried about anything else, put it in a vacuum. It's Cooper Cup all day, pretty much every week this season. So there's not, for, for me, the word isn't pivot because I'm not going to be pivoting off of Cooper Cup. But in addition to Cooper Cup, we've got a number of these top end wide receivers. Of course, Justin Jefferson, if you're looking for some, uh, some leverage that you're going to get off of Alexander Madison, play Justin Jefferson, you'll get different. I'll probably play them together at a number of lineups still alongside some Kirk Cousins. But Mike Evans up there at $28. DeAndre Hopkins is questionable. I think just looking at the boom bust tool, which doesn't encapsulate everything for Yahoo here, but Kyler Murray, uh, the highest guy to bust on two other sites you can figure out what those two are and so i'm going to be kind of siding against anything that has to do with arizona chicago i don't like this in game environment whatsoever um so i'm looking at other wide receivers up here jamar chase in a game environment that i'm in love with looking at that charger cincinnati game chris godwin 
Who are some of the other guys that you're looking at getting to at the top of the board in tournaments, Terry? Yeah, the, the Tampa receivers float up to the top of the board, and it kind of ties in with what we started this show with, with talking about the top stacks. That's, again, that's where I'm getting my quarterback plays. That's where I'm getting my pass catcher plays from. And I'm just mixing and matching and putting the lineups together in different ways uh, and changing up the combinations within those lineups. So naturally, we're going to be getting to a good amount of Chris Godwin. We'll get a good amount of Mike Evans here. And we see a pretty significant uptick. It's a 63.5% in favor of the passing attack in our uh, game script adjusted. I believe that's the second highest mark on the board for this week behind uh, the Pittsburgh side of things, which also makes Deontay Johnson interesting in this conversation for 25 bucks, uh, 64.9% slanted to the passing attack for the, for the Pittsburgh Steelers here. They've been pretty miserable. If I'm deciding between the two, I definitely want to take the Tampa Bay passing attack over the Pittsburgh passing attack, but just given the volume that we expect, I think there's an argument to be made that Deontay Johnson belongs in that conversation um, between the two of Godwin and Mike Evans at 8% ownership, I might take a little bit more Mike Evans, but they're looking relatively equal because you're paying a little bit less for Godwin, swallowing a little bit more ownership. So those guys are kind of a coin flip. I do hate the way that they spread the ball around and just have so many options in that uh, in that Tampa attack. It makes it a little bit more of a dart throw in terms of Art, who's getting the touchdowns this week. We saw him go to Fournette, and, uh, and uh, I think Ronald Jones got the other one last week but we've seen Gronk be very involved. We've seen the ball spread around all the different wideouts. So it's a little tough to predict, but I'm going to have plenty of that uh, Tampa passing attack here too. I think Keenan Allen, we talked about the Chargers mm-hmm. being interesting top of the board. Keenan Allen for 25 bucks is definitely interesting to me as well. All right. And uh, for me, now let's look at some savings options because I think that this is kind of where your slate's going to get made or broken. I think there's a ton of upside here on the top end. Yeah, you got to get those right, but Finding some savings. We have two guys at the top of the board in the value chart, Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, both super values there at $11 and $15 respectively. I was kind of expecting Jamar Chase to fall by the wayside a little bit. He had such big playability and he just kept getting there every single week. But T. Higgins has really started to come to fruition. Tyler Boyd starting to get involved in places where he can, you know, we know he can have uh, spiked weeks. He's maybe a little bit of a, a lesser priority for me compared to Higgins, but I like both of their values. Hunter Renfro, a huge piece for the slate on a ton of different sites, $18 for him. You know, if you're not going to get uh, a number of these uh, other wider, uh, well, no, Henry Ruggs isn't there. That's not even a conversation to have here, but uh, Darren Waller. That's going to be a piece where, you know, if he ends up being out, which it kind of seems like it's trending towards, he's going to be out. Uh, I really like to get to him at $18. Where are you looking at to save some money on this slate? Yeah, I like the Renfro call a lot. Seven and a half target average um, and saw nine last time out. And just a, you know, a good capable receiver with upside. I think 18 bucks, probably a little cheap for him. On the season, 8.02 yards per passing attempt, uh, 658 yards and four TDs, gets the looks in the uh, in the red zone. And I think there's definitely going to be more opportunity. Like you said, I expect the tight end to be out as well. Um, so that's that's super interesting. And then, yeah, the Cincinnati guys are just underpriced. 15 for Higgins and 11 for Boyd. That's just a little silly. Boyd averaging 5.9 targets per game. Only saw two the last time out, but 7.25 yards per passing attempt. And then you jump up to Higgins, 8.24 yards per passing attempt, 560 yards, three TDs on the season, seeing 7.6 targets per game. There's just plenty to do for these guys. One of the higher game totals, one of the closer point spreads, so a competitive situation in this game that we're, I think, 
think we're both going to be uh, rostering a decent amount of this game. It mm-hmm. sounds like on both sides. So I think I'm going to have this game and uh, it just makes sense playing them in stacks, playing them. I wouldn't have a, a problem getting to a, uh, a Cincinnati stack that had both of them uh, in it and left chase on the side. And I'm definitely going to be mixing in uh, shares of all three of them. All right. Now we've come to the uncomfortable portion of the program where a player that I have once disliked very, very much in my life, Odell Beckham Jr. Uh is perhaps one of my favorite tournament plays here of the week. He was last week as well. Sure. He had that big touchdown catch and, and uh, I guess Matt Kajewski, it it was ultimate tilt fest for him because he plays Odell Beckham in bulk. It seems like every single week. And I come in one time and I'm like, yes, I like Odell Beckham a lot coming off of a buy in week 11, uh, also, you know, Robert Woods there. I kind of expected Odell Beckham to see a lot of target share and 10 targets right off the bat. I think that's a lot of volume. And we look at the top stacks tool. It's not going to just be Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup, although I can't imagine playing Matt Stafford without Cooper Cup in lineups. But in addition to him, I think there's a massive amount of upside in this spot for Odell Beckham. Are you with me? Absolutely. I mean, just on price versus name alone, right? Let's just be completely silly, you know, public type players where we're just, I know who Odell Beckham is. I remember he's really, really good when he's healthy and on the field and happy. $19 is too cheap for his talent, right? Looking at some of the numbers, 58.1% game script adjusted passing percentage. It's trending toward the top. We've talked about some that are higher, but that Rams attack against Jacksonville, we just know that's a spot we want to be. You mentioned 10 targets last week. They brought Odell here to see targets. They brought him here to fill a role. He's the number two receiver on this team right now. He is. So, I mean, yeah, there is absolutely, if we're going to be smashing that spot with Stafford, if we're going to be going to this team like crazy, it makes a ton of sense to get to Odell at $19 at 6.1% ownership on the Yahoo slate as well. That just makes a ton of sense. He's coming up, uh, let's call it like the 10th most frequently uh, rostered receiver in this crunch where Mm -hmm. I capped everybody at 30%. So we were getting Renfro, Cup, and T. Higgins off the top with some of that value going 30, 30, and 25%. And then there's a mix of guys going from the 20% range down to like the 12% range. And that's where we find Odell in the mix with like Jamar Chase, with Justin Jefferson, with Tyler Lockett, with Deontay Johnson, some of these other guys that we've talked up. So I think there's definitely a a role for him this week. And that's across a thousand lineups. So in sorting these lineups and putting it through the process based on his low ownership and the leverage that's included in that stack, he would jump up to probably somewhere in the low twenties in ownership for me here. I, I really like that spot. All right. Everybody hit that like button. Love seeing some of the chat involvement here. Kickstart there in the chat. Good to see you. I see you all the time on different shows. Uh, thanks for coming and hanging out with Terry and I here on this lovely Friday afternoon, but He said, I wonder if Odell has been optimal since joining the Browns. He was one week. I can remember exactly which week because I had 0%. It was week four (laughs) of 2020. I know that for a fact that he was optimal. Let me find what his fantasy outing was. Box score, 35.9 Yahoo points over there. That was optimal on every single site that week. Uh, That's the only time that he's been optimal since he joined the Browns there in that 2019 year. And uh, it hasn't really been pretty. And we all know that. And I hate Odell. I've never liked Odell. I thought he was overrated with the Giants. He had Eli Manning. He had a perfect situation. There was no other. I know. Blasphemy. I I don't care. I'm just throwing it out there. He's not a good dude. I don't really like him as a person. I don't enjoy his brand of football, but I enjoy it when I'm going to invest money in him on Sunday because, again, I'm here to analyze football. I'm not here to give you my personal bias takes. I think he projects well. I think if you look at him at $19 compared to the range, yeah, Hunter Renfro, that's going to be a direct pivot. I expect Renfro to get steamed up higher than $9 in the aftermath. As soon as it says Darren Waller out and every other site 
uh, takes him out the way that we do at Osimo, we're going to see that number go up. Brandon Ayuk at $18, 9.1% roster ship currently. Devonta Smith, if you're trying to play Hurts there, is somebody there at $18 as well. Uh, a number of these different plays. Jalen Waddle, 11.2% roster ship at $21. All of those guys getting more steam than the by far most leveraged uh, team to get to in the top stacks tool. So I'm going to be adding a lot of uh, Odell Beckham. And don't forget, I'll have a couple smatterings of Van Jefferson as that third wide receiver option there too, but much more excited to get to Odell in bulk. Anything else that you want to touch on from the wide receiver position before we move ourselves to tight end? Hey, look, if we get points for circus catches, you can't ignore Odell Beckham, but we don't. So I get your point there. <laughs> he is a supremely talented guy, but yeah, I'm totally yeah. with you in terms of like, you know, where his head actually is on the football field for, you know, 50% of the snaps that he sees and all of that. So I'm with you. And the interesting to note, thing to note about that week for 2020, that was the last time he had scored a touchdown before this most recent one with the Rams. So maybe he's back on track and uh, we can go to him there. A couple guys just to throw into the mix. I think Marquise Brown, $24 under 10% ownership. If you're going a Lamar, mm-hmm. I would mix some, uh, some Hollywood and do uh, some stacks. I think Russell Gage for 15 bucks at 5% ownership has some upside. If you're going to that Tampa attack, you can use him as a run back, although I probably prefer Corderell. Um, I think if you're going to the Matt Ryan uh, stack pass, uh, side of the passing game, you definitely want to get some Russell Gage in your life. And then you know maybe some of the deep touchdown shot dart throw guys like Deshaun Jackson at 15 bucks and 1.5% ownership. We talked about Carr a little bit. There's some touchdown upside, some deep shot upside in a guy like him. Uh, we mentioned the Seattle um, stack if we're going to Russell Wilson, certainly makes some sense to get some DK Metcalf in your life and uh, and uh, uh, Tyler Lockett. Jeez, almost forgot his name. Last, oh, it's okay. <laughs> Last guy that I'm going to bring up, and this is a guy that I think I bring up on every show because I might be borderline obsessed, but it is a volume thing. I love myself some volume. More opportunities equals more opportunities for big plays to happen, more things to happen. And of course, just half point PPR, that still counts for something. Deontay Johnson up against Baltimore. I get it. This is not pretty, but Baltimore second best team up against the rush here on the season. If Pittsburgh wants to be effective against Baltimore, it's going to have to be through the air. And Pittsburgh has been a pretty willing participant through the air. Deontay Johnson now has five of his last six games with 13 plus targets. That is an immense number of volume to get at a discount. $25 $25 for him is probably my favorite tournament pivot. That's just a standalone play. I don't like that game. I don't like Baltimore Pittsburgh whatsoever, but I like Deontay Johnson a ton. Uh, any reaction to him before we move on? Yeah, I, I flew through him before, but uh, it's definitely a spot. They're almost a 65% in our game script adjusted passing percentage leading the way on this slate, or excuse me, second behind the Atlanta yep. Falcons on this slate. So definitely a targetable spot for passing. And Baltimore is giving up 7.5 yards per passing attempt, one of the more targetable uh, defenses on the board for the passing game. It's just a matter of that's the passing game that you're going to and the quarterback that you have to trust in doing it. But he's the guy if you're going to that. So I, I do like it. All right, let's get ourselves to tight end. We've got 11 minutes to go. Plenty of time to talk a little bit of tight end, talk a little bit of defense because everybody loves random defense. Can we just get rid of defense, Terry? Do you have a stand? Can we just get rid of defense at this point? I, I would I would get rid of defense and bring back kicker if, kicker if I could. I used super to like flex. getting kickers. I'd rather have a super flex. That would oh, probably be a little bit Super flex is the but... nuts. Do you play college DFS ever? I don't. I, college sports for me I, is just that's where I fall off. There's only so much room in his head and he's got all these movie quotes and everything. But uh, yeah, college sports, I fall off a little bit. I, I rely on our site when I do play them, but not enough. Now, do they have super flex in college? 
what they do. It's incredible. It's really, really fun. You play a lot of two quarterbacks. Quarterback is the most important position on the field. Why are we not prioritizing it? Uh, Because it's pretty flat. And yeah, you need to get it right now for tournaments more so than ever, but it's still a pretty flat position. When you can start putting two into it, it makes it a lot of fun for stacking. You can decide if you want to get different and play some wide receivers down there in a PPR setting. Uh, It's just a God, it's a glorious thing. I have no idea why they don't have it yet for NFL, but you know, that's a different show, but this show, yeah, we'll just throw tight end out there. Here we go. Less enthusiastic. George Kittle. Hey, what's up, buddy? He's back into the fray there. $23 for him. Rob Gronkowski sitting there with $21. Kyle Pitts, $17. Those are your three highest projected players. Only guys projecting out at the tight end position, which has been Garbaggio in the 2021 NFL season. Uh, they're the only three projected over 10 fantasy points. Do you have any preference between those three specifically? If our ownership, is, are you seeing George Kittle at 2.6% ownership? I am. That's going to change with a Waller officially out. I'm assuming yeah, I would that that's going to be something that uh, changes off of that because we have we have Waller with zero, uh, but we're still projecting him for roster ship because it's not official yet. I don't think it's, it's saying he's been sidelined at practice the last three days. Yeah, so I mean, even if that doubles, triples, quintuples, uh, I'm currently tracking to be way over the field in uh, Yahoo shares of George Kittle. Um, he came up in that unencumbered crunch. He was coming up uh, 45% of the time, and I cracked that down to, I think, 30% in the other one, but he was coming up a massive amount of the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, we No Debo in that offense this week. We've got them slated. Uh, it's, it's slanted toward the ground game a little bit in terms of the uh, overall game script adjusted passing upside for this attack. 51.5% on the passing side, 485 which is one of the higher numbers on the rushing side. But we know he's going to have the volume. He averages 6.1 targets a game. He turns in a 8.67 yards per target, three touchdowns, 425 yards on the season. Plenty to like about him at $23. I think he gives you significant, you know, he, he's, his projection compares favorably to a number of the not top-end wide receiver plays, but that next tier of wide receivers for probably a better price and significantly better ownership so far, and it'll probably stay better ownership. So I like the Kittle play there a lot. Certainly couldn't argue with anybody who wants to go to Gronk or this supremely talented, but hit and miss, I think is fair at this point. Kyle Pitts uh, is just, you know, hasn't been regular, but when he has gotten there, it's uh, it's been pretty dominant scores. So he's interesting at 17 bucks too at the top of, uh, of the board here. A uh, kickstart saying I can't roster a Pittsburgh wide receiver till big Ben is gone. Well, uh, I'm going to roster guys who get 13 plus targets. That's just kind of my opinion on that. But George Kittle also, uh, I expect him to be much higher rostered and look at it this way. You have no Debo Samuel. Brandon Ayuk is a guy that's notorious for not being exactly what San Francisco signed up for here. Uh, starting to get more involved of late, but still not entirely there. George Kittle will be a priority play for me. Uh, for it for this slate over on Yahoo specifically $23. I was just building lineups here, uh, hand building something on the side for an example, but Alexander Madison, Jamal Williams, Cooper cup, you put those three players in $128 left over. That's basically $21 per player. You can pay up to the top end of pretty much every other spot and have a pretty unbelievable lineup. So you're going to be very starsy and scrubsy. You're going to have an opportunity to play those two value pieces and easily pay up for tight end if you want to, but uh, moving our way down the tight end board, there are, there's some interest here for one Zach Ertz. I'm going to have less interest if Kyler Murray ends up being the quarterback there. He's expensive on Yahoo. Uh, going to be a tough guy to kind of put into stacks there for sure. Um, he's, he's overpriced. I think everywhere around the industry for a guy who's now just a, a glorified pocket passer. 
He's averaged less than 20 yards rushing per game over the course of the season. He's been very, very efficient, very, very good. But Zach Ertz, uh, he really came to fruition last week, but that was not with uh, Kyler Murray at the helm. That was Mr. McCoy taking the reins. So uh, less interest there. Do you have any Zach Ertz interest or anybody else that's catching your eye in the middle of the board? I, I must have tuned out when you transitioned to talking about Kyler Murray because it took me a second to figure out why you were talking about Zach Ertz's uh, rushing average of the season there. But, uh, oh, yeah, no, I, Kyler I, I Murray. Makes, Just saying that yeah, yeah, he's no, a glorified I, I pocket do. passer, and yeah. that would generally bode well for somebody like Zach Ertz, but – I don't know. It just uh, it feels like it's a James Conner or nothing in that game for me. Yeah, I think I'm with you on that one. And uh, we just see Conner, you know, soak up a lot of touchdown upside for uh, for that team. So, I mean, 7.63 yards per target for the full season and five TDs for Zach Ertz. We all know who Zach Ertz is, but I think there's a bunch of tight ends that I'd rather get to than his $20 salary, even at a little bit more ownership. Like we've got him at under 1% ownership. But I'm kind of more intrigued by Tyler Higby for $15 at 2% ownership in that LA game where we've just been talking up that passing attack this entire show. Going up against Jacksonville, it's a way to get different in that passing attack. I think I'm more intrigued by Mark Andrews if I'm going to Lamar Jackson or even if I'm not for $22 and 5% ownership. And then the idea that you can get Pitts, star caliber talent and you know kind of the focal point of that passing attack in a lot of ways. Yeah, you're riding with 17.8% ownership as compared to a guy who's 1% owned, but you're saving three bucks on it. You're getting to a more highly projected play. And if you're getting different with anything else in your lineup, it's easy enough to do. Um, and there's a bunch of guys on the board too. Like you can go to Gazicki. We talked about Tua and that, uh, that Miami passing attack. And the Giants have been vulnerable to the tight ends for the last, I don't know, 20 some odd years. I don't think there's any reason not to go to some shares of Gazicki. Hawkinson, I'm a little less excited about just considering the offense that he's in. Fryermuth, if you wanted to take a different approach to that Pittsburgh passing attack, is kind of interesting. So I just think there's other ways to go than Zach Ertz for $20. Somebody in chat threw out my guy. I can't believe they did because I thought I was going to come in here and be able to give you the play of the week at tight end. And uh, Mr. D Go Blue beat me to it. James O'Shaughnessy is a guy that I'm getting to a lot in my crunches. We talked about how good the Rams are for a top stack percentage. I got to still expect to try to force in some runbacks there. I, I don't want to just say, you know, I just want to be playing the Rams. And I think you can definitely play them as a standalone stack. We've seen Buffalo a number of times where there's enough passing volume with Stafford, with Cup. You can definitely still just play them, move on with your day and have fun. But I'm going to try to prioritize the game stack more so with, uh, with pretty much anything that I'm doing in tournaments. And I think they hit their top stack percentage more of the time if that entire game shoots out to some extent. And I don't know if there's a wide receiver I really trust to be the guy here for Jacksonville. Trevor Lawrence has been abysmal, but Marvin Jones, LaVisca Chenault gaining uh, north of 5%. I kind of want O'Shaughnessy at $10 at the flat bottom there at tight end. Allows for me to literally pay up at every other position that I possibly want to and play Madison and play Williams. I'm in love with him now that you have Dan Arnold on the IR. Just feels like a pretty good option there. What do you think about him? Because that's kind of my low own play du jour this week. I'm so sick of playing pieces of this Jacksonville passing attack with a quarterback. But you got to do it. Yeah, it's been runbacks for the entire course of the season because we've been targeting this defense with stacks so much, and it just makes sense to go back there again. I've been getting a lot of it with Dan Arnold in the in the tight end position, and I'm getting the same result with O'Shaughnessy here. So I totally agree with you. The concern is maybe it's not Trevor Lawrence himself, but just the way that they're calling plays, whatever is going on here. 58% completion percentage and nine touchdowns. He's played every game, six yards per passing attempt. It's an abysmal passing attack, but we've got them slated for 
for a 61.4% uh, game script adjusted passing percentage. It's a 48 point game total. Most of that going to the Los Angeles side with a 13 point spread, but they're going to need to throw the ball if they want any semblance of even pretending to stay in this game for the TV reasons. So yeah, I, I think it makes sense to go there. And I think it makes sense to go to kind of the lower own piece of it and the cheap piece of it. And just to your point about the value, if you go there uh, at the tight end spot, and then you go to the two value running backs, you can build anything that you want. Like, I don't think there's a combination you can't get to on this slate. So there's just so much value. It's just going to be a fun slate to build for. Um, and there's a couple interesting pivots, right? Like if you go in, if you save two bucks on some of those big payup spots and you change Madison in a lineup to Saquon Barkley for $20 on this Yahoo slate, you're getting very different, right? You're getting different with that same kind of build for, yeah, there's a four point median point projection, but you can't tell me that Saquon doesn't have that, uh, you know, similar kind of explosive upside for the money. So I think there's some interesting tournament pivots to be made in, in these chalky builds. All right. Awesome. Yo, <laughs> Gajewski. I know it's a little bit of a troll. Yeah, I'm married. Congratulations. I think the over under of one and a half times that I mentioned it on a show still got hit on the under. So <laughs> screw you guys. I know we got to let them uh, get to the college football show here. So I'm going to sign off here in one minute. We'll talk on defense really, really quickly. Any burning desire to share anything about defense whatsoever. For me, it's Dolphins against Mike Glennon. It's the Eagles going up against the Jets and that lovely Zach Wilson team. And then, you know, just point and shoot wherever you want at defense. Who cares? I take defense where I get it, but $14 for that Miami defense makes a hell of a lot of sense that uh, going up against uh, Mike Lennon there uh, and only 12% owned. That kind of seems low. Um, outside of that, I'm just taking shots with uh, whatever fits into the build that I'm getting. I don't think you need to go super value on defense this week, given all the other value plays. So maybe you are getting to a little bit more of the premium defenses uh, that are on the board. So it, that's kind of the easy approach to it. Terry McBride, you're by far my favorite coworker. It sure is an awesome yo and Matt Kajewski, I'll tell you that. Uh, those guys <laughs> suck. Thank you so much to Tyler Zander there behind the virtual glass, taking care of us. Uh, hey, I didn't get us banned from YouTube today with me singing some 90s song we don't have rights to. So yay for that. Very excited about it, but awesome for ha having Terry alongside me here today and to be able to host it. We've got the Prize Picks College Football Show coming up right now, 4 p.m. Eastern time. Head over to that stream. That's going to be, I believe, uh, yeah, no, it's it's on this stream here as well, on this channel. So don't go anywhere. Check that out. Uh, Nick Vanek and uh, Matt Kajewski leading you guys up on that one. And then NBA Deeper Dive. Terry, that, you're going to be right back in the wheel uh, at the helm here this time uh, alongside Adam 445 p.m. Eastern time and then I'll be on I'll be leading the fray with Greg Ehrenberg for live before lock starting up at 6 p.m. Eastern time don't go anywhere he's Terry he's the man I'm Eric Lindquist I'm okay we'll see you later